It's Giddy for three. Oh, you can tell Giddy is highly skilled. He's got a great feel. Yep. His dad played professionally. Warwick Giddy for the Melbourne Tigers. His mom, Kim, played as well. His sister, Hannah, plays at Oral Roberts. Giddy has 17 points and seven assists. Any, uh, like, second cousins of the Giddies that have played? Yep, uh, there's a second cousin that played professionally in you New Zealand. You are next level, Bertie. You are next level. Josh Giddy played for the Adelaide 36ers. Familiar with them? I have heard of them. Do you remember Mitch Creek? Of course. Who could did forget Mitch, Creek? Did Mitch Creek play for the Adelaide 36ers? I think he did. Australia, how are you going? And it's Friday, TGIF. Am I right? January 14. And I'm your host, James Clements. That's right, I'm a writer sometimes. So whoever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff, I'm here in Larry Armour Studios, hanging out, giving you the lowdown, all the ins and outs of the NBA season while repping Australia a bit. That's what we do. We don't take things too seriously around here either because it's fuck it Friday. <laughs> I love a good fuck it Friday. Uh, the first all-star voting results are in. You'll love to see that. We've got a trade. And another trade that was reversed. That was a bit weird. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk about that as well as the uh, five games today in the NBA Australia Game Wraps. We've got a juicy slab of that's not a knife. Oh, mate, no, mate. Spot of the night. Better than Lonzo Ball. And, of course, dickheads of the week. Love that. It's Friday. That's what we do. Uh, we've got, yeah, Nas, the unpopular opinion today, Outback Takehouse, where we're serving up a flame girl take. There's Australian player watch, just giddy in there uh, today with Patty resting. And we've got a Luke Longley Memorial bloke who just does their bloody job, Role Player of the Week award, and a game preview and pick for every single NBA game on the weekend. Jeez, that's chockers, mate. Yeah, you're bloody right. Uh, we'll finish off with a classic cooking with Baines as well, because... Uh, Tell you what, bit of a late one. What do you do? Let's get into it. Episode 736 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Matthew Delvedover and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better. Especially if you're uh, Kenny and Chuck today. Good to see them all back together on the uh, old inside of the NBA. That was fun. It really was. Anyway, let's get back into today's show, the way we start every show here at NBA Straight with the daily whip around. That's right, it's a whip. Did you get that one? Because it's the whip. Oh, yeah, well played. Trade time. So less than a month ago to the trade deadline, the Knicks and the Hawks. Have made probably one of the first bigger moves of the uh, season. Cam Reddish, Solomon Hill, and a second rounder go from the Hawks to the Knickerbockers of New York City in return for Kevin Knox. Oh, geez. And a first round pick via Charlotte, aka not a great one. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Because uh, I believe it's also got a bunch of protections on it, that pick. What are you going to do? You get that on the big jobs. Interesting one. Hawks had to do this. We'll talk about this in year Nas, and I'll break it down a little bit more in terms of uh, talking about the actual sort of ramifications and 
who's the winner, all this sort of stuff, all that weird stuff. So the first round of it, the Hawks get in return is protected top 18 this year, top 16 next year, top 14, 24, 25, two second rounders if it's not conveyed before 2026. So I reckon they'll be all right. Anyway, cool. A late first rounder for you, Cam Reddish and your Solomon Hill. Oh, but we got Kevin Knox, bro. So that's the ninth pick in 2018. Kevin Knox being traded for the 10th pick in 2019. Cam Reddish. Uh, apparently the Lakers offered two second rounders to Atlanta for Cam Reddish, and Atlanta went, are you taking the piss, you idiots? <laughs> Fuck off, Rob Blinker. <laughs> the voided trade! Uh, so anyway, we'll talk about that trade a little bit more, right? Like Cam Reddish, Kevin Knox, do that in your nose. The voided trade, uh, was it basketball reasons? Fucking David Stern. Uh, no, ball ball. You might remember from earlier in the week, Magruder got traded from Detroit for Bol Bol over to Denver. Unfortunately, Bol Bol failed his physical, so they rescinded the trade. It's like one of your fantasy trades where you go, oh, I've made a horrible mistake. I want to pull that one back. Yeah, checks out. Derek Jones Jr., he's out two to four weeks with a bone bruise in his knee, which is good because that looked bad. So that's good that it's not bad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he went down, and uh, it did not look good for Derek Jones Jr. there, the... Uh, and Chicago, everyone's like, oh, God. But uh, bone bruise, it's always painful. That really sucks, so hopefully he's okay soon. Uh, the all-star voting. I mentioned this. The first results are in from the fans, and it's always funny as shit, isn't it? Pretty uh, straightforward down there in the East. you got Trey Young, Tim, uh, DeRozan there, KD, Giannis, and Embiid as the top starting five with Tatum and Butts next in line in the front court. That checks out. Uh, Zachy Cakes, Adam Levine ahead of... James Hardeman, Fat Man Who, Brooklyn Clan, and uh, Lamelo for the guards. I love that Kyrie is sixth. He's played two games, <laughs> and he's ahead of Derek Rose, who's in seventh. They're ahead of actual Fred Van Vliet, who's an actual All Star, and Darius Rucker, Judy Garland, who should be most improved, and Jalen Brown. That's amazing. Never forget, fans are funnier in hell. Speaking of which, in the West. Your starters so far are Steph Curry, no shit. Ja Morant, no shit. LeBron James, no shit. Nikola Jokic, no shit. And Andrew Wiggins, question mark? <laughs> I love it. It's because there's like no half-decent frontcourt players in the West, apparently. Carl Anthony Towns is out there like just thrill-killing a fucking drifter because he saw this. Uh, Luca was third in guards. Clay is right there ahead of uh, Booker, Rusty, and CP3, which again is very funny because Clay has played two games. Fans never stop being awesome. Uh, but Wiggins obviously gets in there ahead of Paul George, which is funnier and shit. Anthony Davis, Draymond Green, and Carl Anthony Towns. So this is some pretty obvious stuff, right? Like the fact that Clay and Wigo uh, are up there, and even Draymond is as high up as he is, is very clearly just like the Golden State fan base and its worldwide reach is going a little bit hog wild. And I fucking love it. Oh, I love it. Talk about a fuck it Friday. How good's a fuck it Friday when their all-star voting is coming in and Andrew Wiggins is in there? <laughs> That's amazing. What a scene. Ah, oh, it's good. Uh, but Joker being in there, that checks out. You do expect that uh, Paul George... Well, I don't know. Actually, I don't know if Paul George will make it in over Wigo. But you got to feel like Wigo probably won't get voted in as a starter. Probably. Had a guess. Might have a bit of a Zaza Pachulia sort of situation on our hands again, but still. Uh, but either way, otherwise, like, sort of no big surprises there, apart from the fact that Kyrie and Rose are as high as they are in the East. Uh, but again, it's the fans. Let them have their say. 
CJ McCollum! Hey-o, Chauncey. Chauncey Phillips. That's right, Portland Trailblazers coach Chauncey Phillips dropped the news today that uh, CJ McCollum and his wife, well, specifically his wife, had their baby. Um, and CJ, feeling good, is expected to join the team on the road in the next couple of games. That's awesome. Uh, hopefully he'll be back and playing soon. Love me some CJ McCollum. He's a legend. You'd love to see it. All right, so there you go. I think that's all the news that fits to print, I guess. I mean, there's nothing else like but Buds was back today. Kind of cool. Uh, nothing else on Ben Simmons today. Expect another sort of clap back probably from the Sixers over this weekend. That's how they go about things. And in the meantime, let's do some game raps. Game raps, 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 game raps. And the game raps are brought to you by Manscaped. That's right, our mates over at Manscaped. Happy New Year from our mates over at Manscaped. The ball's officially dropped. It doesn't mean you have to drop the ball on your balls. Because you got to bring sexy back in 2022. You step up your game with Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0 and join the 4 million men worldwide, including my old man, myself, uh, co-host of NFL Australia, Gaz, etc., with the uh, who trust Manscaped to help them ring in the new year with the right tools for the job. Basically, for your nuts. Go to manscaped.com, use the code STRAYER, and you'll get 20% off and free shipping. It's a new year, it's a new you, and a new you means no pubes. Sort this out. Just do some fun designs, whatever you need. Either way, I'll tell you what, the grooming routines in 2022, I've taken a big liking to the old ball spritz. It comes with your performance package. It's awesome. Ball toner. Everyone will appreciate it. When I say everyone, I mean your significant other. They're like, oh, hang on a second. That's all right. <laughs> and uh, so look, you know how you go into every year going, oh, geez, what I've got to do is I've got to exercise more, drink less, and I'll be a better person. Well, out, look, we always fuck off those two. How about this year you just go, well, I'll also look after my junk and I'll use Manscaped. And because of Jimmy being a good bloke, if I bang in the code Strayer, I get 20% off from free shipping. Uh, so you get the lawnmower 4.0. That's the trimmer designed to trim the uh, hair and the older uh, loose skin. You're nuts! There you go. And uh, it's got the Skinscape technology, which I love. Uh, so it's basically like this uh, house. No nicks. That's what it's all about. No bloody nicks. It comes with a spotlight. That's what it's all about. you got the crop preserver. Anti-chafing ball deodorant moisturizer. I'll tell you what, that's a bloody good one. And uh, you've got everything you need. You've got the ball toner spray, especially if you go for a run or something. The ball reviver, the crop reviver, ball toner spray is an absolute little ripper. You come in, you know, it comes in a travel bag as well. So off you go. Check out the performance package. 20% off and free shipping with the code STRAYER at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you, and so will anybody else who goes anywhere near or around them. So 20% off free shipping with the code STRAYER at manscaped.com. Have no regrets this year with our mates over at Manscaped. And tell him Jimmy sent you. All right. Five games today. Golden State. They lost in humiliating fashion. In Milwaukee, I hear it's Algonquin for the good land. 118.99. This was close to kick off. Then you looked around. It was fucking 60 to 28. Old mate wandered in. She's like, oh, God, they're killing him. I'm like, oh, my God, they are. <laughs> it was a 31 to 9 run. And then Porter hits a three just before the half. It was 77-38. I think that was the uh, biggest, biggest, biggest halftime deficit the Warriors have faced since moving to San Francisco in general. Not just Oakland, but San Francisco as well, since they became the Golden State Warriors. Unbelievable. Uh, look, the Bucks slowed it up a bit in the third, but they were still up over 30 for most of this, weren't they? 27 going in the fourth. Giannis, Portis, Middleton, they just weren't missing. And I kind of hit on this in the preview yesterday. Golden State, for as good as they've been this year, they don't have a giant amount of length, especially with Draymond being out. So size of Middleton, Portis, and Giannis, obviously, 
really fucked them up, and that's exactly what we saw today. So uh, it was nice to see Giannis. Like, Grayson Allen was also crushing it too, but Giannis was out there trying to get his triple-double. He gets it with about nine minutes to go, and they come. They came out. They were still up 25 at that point. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Ah, oh, he's trying to get his triple-double. So the Warriors, they shoot 34%. Uh, Steph goes four for 11 for 12 points. Not ideal. Four assists, four turnovers. Yeah, not great, bro. Not great. Uh, but what else? Clay, he's back. Oh, what'll he shoot, Jimmy? What'll he shoot? Oh, here we go! Yeah, that's right. Clay went 3 of 11. Oh, gee, that's the joke that just never gets old, isn't it? <laughs> we go at 6. Uh, Clay ends up with the 11 points on the 11 shots as well. Uh, you know, slowly, slowly with Clay. He's going to be all right. Uh, we go 16 points for him, but nothing else really going for the Warriors, obviously. All the uh, threes they hit were in garbage time. Come bucket, Jonathan Kaminga. Jonathan, I'm going to kick you in the shinja. Come here, I'm going to kick you in the shinja. Uh, 15 points, 5 of 16 shooting. You know, that was kind of that night. Giannis, 30, 12, and 11 in 30 minutes. Oh, bro, pretty good, eh? <laughs> Mini ends up with 23, 5, and 7. Be a pipper, not a Kate. Be a Kate, not a pipper. That's a Kate performance, that one. 5 of 7 from downtown. Portis goes 4 of 7 from 3 for his 20. Even Grayson Allen. 3 of 7 from downtown for 15. Uh, Nawara, Dante, where's, Wath, where's Matthews? All very handy. Good win for the Bucks on national TV. You know they step up for these games. Also, they always give the Warriors just wild problems. 13 11 now the Warriors, 27 and 17 for the Bucks. Memphis held on in a ball tear-up against Minnesota in Memphis. 116-108. This was awesome. What a great game. They were fought to a standstill early. Wolves got up 9 then the Grizz are up four. Ant-Man was out there doing work, though. The Wolves rip off an 18-6 run. They lead by seven at the half. And the Wolves look like they're going to smoke them in the third quarter. But bang, right at the end of the third quarter. The Grizzlies just made a bit of a, I don't know, kicked it up a notch. Gave a little bit more effort. The defense got a little bit crisper. This was a really fun game to watch. Big run. And they get an extra free bucket right at the end of the uh at the quarter because D'Anthony Melton was just in the right spot at the right time, throws it back in, it goes in. It's a 19-8 to run to close out the quarter, and they take a six-point lead out of nowhere into the fourth quarter. And then this was a gloriously horrible, amazing, raggedy, fuck you, oh, my God, what is happening, back and forth in the fourth quarter. It was awesome because the Wolves got death by Concard. That's right. Oh, GD Conkar, you love to see that. He went back and forth as well, getting every rebound. Hit the hugest three of the game. The dagger with about a minute to go that put them up six. But all the way through the middle of this goddamn game, he was just getting rebound, uh, rather the fourth quarter. He was getting rebound after rebound, getting in dunks, putting in threes as mentioned. It was incredible scenes. And then Brandon Clark kind of saves it all at the very end uh, with another massive offensive rebound, 20 seconds left. And... Uh, they managed to close it out. But the poise, I think the most impressive thing about this for the Grizz was the poise down the stretch, right? Like, it was 98-98 with seven minutes left, and they just outplayed them. They out-executed, they kicked their ass, and, I mean, they held Minnesota to basically another 10 points for those seven more minutes and fucking let it rip themselves. It was awesome. So this was without Desmond Boone, like, smashing too many million threes or anything. Uh, but Triple J was doing a little bit of everything. Jar was awesome. And for the Wolves, I mean, the craziest part is Ant-Man goes for 30 points. He goes 9 of 20 from the floor. 
Cat goes 25-9-3. D'Lo, D'Angelo goes 29 points. 6 of 11 from downtown. So they have 84 points combined, those three. The big three for the Wolves, right? 31 of 56 shooting. I'm no math magician, but that's pretty bloody good. 13 and 28 from three, and they lose. I'll tell you why. It's because Pat Bev, Malik Beasley, Naz Reed, the opposite of the big three. They decided to go three of 25 combined. <laughs> and if your role players are going to go shoot fucking three of 25, you may as well just pack her up, boys. Two of 15 from downtown combined. Uh, so while the Grizzlies only went eight of 32 from downtown themselves, 25%, no hassles. They got 16 offensive rebounds. Conchar was just, like, awesome. I love him. Oh, Johnny Conchar. Anyway, Jar was awesome as well. Look, not a great shooting night. 16 points on 16 shots. 0 of 7 from 3. But just the way he attacks, he doesn't give a shit. 8 rebounds, 9 assists. Kept going. Hammer and tongs. Desmond Boone at 21 points. Uh, I think he had 4 steals as well. 20 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 blocks for Triple J. Jaron Jackson Jr., but Conkar had 15 points and a career-high 17 rebounds. Yeesh. And he went three of four from three. You love to see it. Brandon Clark ends up with 14 and eight. This was a big win for the Grizz because I talked about, like, you know, just their poise. This is a game that you feel like last year Memphis sort of just let slip away against probably a team who aren't having a great shooting night, obviously, with everybody outside of Ant-Man, Cat, and D-Lo not being able to hit the side of a fucking barn. The Grizzly would, Grizzlies would somehow manage to fumble the bag, but they didn't. And that's why this year they're fucking awesome. So they're 30 and 14. Minnesota dropped to 20 and 22. And tell you what, every Grizzlies game from here on out is basically appointment viewing. They're fucking electric. I love it. The Pelicans, they kick the shit out of the Clippers. 113.89, a smashing. Uh, you had Spindles throwing lobs to Jackson Hayes, up 23 in the first half. Oh, I mean, Jonas had a double double by the half. Uh, but Devontae, Graham, Spindles Ingram, Josh ha, were running rings around him. The Clippers couldn't hit anything in the paint. They were 6 of 13 in the first half, and they couldn't hit anything on the outside either. So when you combine the fact that you can't hit anything inside with the fact you can't hit anything on the outside, hashtag spoiler alert, you might be a bit shit. <laughs> no Clipper made more than one shot outside the paint in the first half. They went 5 of 29. It was brutal. And spoiler alert, it did not get any better. 113.89, Spindles was cooking. They never let him back into the game. They're up 20 for the rest of it, so whatever. Clippers, they shot 38%. Reggie, Reggie Jackson went 2 of 11. Not ideal. (laughs) Hey, Reggie, you're your best player. Yeah, man. All right, well, can you do better than 2 of 11? Nah, bro, can't do it today. Uh, Mook Morris, 3 of 14. Gross. 1 of 9 from 3. Trey Mann had uh, 15 off the bench as well. Sure. <laughs> I mean, the Clippers are horrible. Pelicans, 44% uh, from the floor, 14 to 39 from downtown, six turnovers to the 15 of the Clippers. That's how you win a game. Spindles at 24, 5 and 6. Good on him. My name is Jonas Valanciunas, 18 and 16. That's 18 points, 16 rebounds. Crushing it. 12, 5 and 3 for Josh. <laughs> and uh, Devontae Graham, despite shooting 4 of 15, he goes uh, 13, 6 and 7 because he went 4 of, town, 4 of 10 from downtown. Herb, he was all right, 14 and 6 with three steals. Jackson Hayes is 13 and 5 off the bench. Big win for the Pelicans, though. Clippers dropped to 21 and 2, uh, 21 and 22. There you go. And the Pelicans, that's right, they're the Pelicans, not the Pelicans. 16 and 26, but they're 10 and 5 in the games with uh, the Devontae Graham, Josh Hart, Herb Jones, Spindles Ingram, and Jonas Valanciunas starting five. 10 and 5. Not bad. 
The boil over of the day. Giddy up. OKC beat Brooklyn 131.09. KD and Patty rested for Brooklyn because I think they're playing, what, their fourth game in six nights, which is uh, pretty fucking brutal. I'll tell you that much. And I think it was their third time zone in, the, in that as well because they obviously played Brooklyn, Portland, and Chicago in all that time. So a tough one. But you uh, may have been listening to yesterday's show and Jimmy picked this one, so there you go. Uh, but even still, I mean... Harden was still playing for Brooklyn, but OKC had all the early running, and that was important. SGA just came out, wasn't afraid, dropped 18 in the first half. He was crushing it, and uh, yeah, not bad. 11-2 and two run by the Thunder, had them up 21 points late in the second quarter. Giddy was orchestrating shit, throwing rifle passes to Dort. Dort wasn't missing anything. They went 11-24 of threes in the first half. Brooklyn hit two. Yeah, not ideal if you're a Nets fan. 19 uh, points up at the break for OKC. Nets were rolling a little bit in the middle of the third. You knew the run was going to come, but it got it down to about 10. But the Thunder settled because SGA, talk about a bloke who should be a fucking all-star almost, he was just shredding. And he just went, ah, you reckon you guys are going to get close, eh? And then bang, just charged into the paint time and time again. And then Giddy. Just sort of put the icing on the cake. Dropped 10 again in the uh, fourth quarter and away he went. So no one else was able to do much for the Nets. Away they go. They went 7-32 from downtown in the end. Yeesh. 26-7-9 for Harden. Uh, 21 off the bench for Cam Thomas. No one else did shit. Thunder. Thunder up. 20 out of 45 from downtown. Holy moly. Good game. 33-10-9 for SGA. Turns out he's good. That's right. The shy redder Gilgis Alexander. 11 of 18 from the floor. Dort had 27. He went 6 of 10 from 3. Jesus. And Giddy. 19, 3 and 7. He was awesome. 3 of 11. Oh, no. He's got 3 of 11. Do it. Do it. Do it. Woo. Yeah. Josh Giddy. Give him hell, son. You'll love to see that, don't you? Just a good 3 of 11 from downtown. Still. Uh... He went 8-17 overall. Baisley had 16-5 and five of the bench, 14 points and 4-4 four four from downtown for Moose Muscala. 11-11 now Brooklyn are at home. They're 26-15. and 15. Yeesh. And 14-27 and 27 are OKC. Uh, and Brooklyn have finally realized it's only going to cost them $5,000 in fines if Kyrie plays at home. So, How smart do you have to be to uh, not turn around and actually ask that at the start of the season. It's like, wait, what are the repercussions if Kyrie plays and he's not vaccinated on at home? Oh, well, it's an escalating series of fines. Oh, yeah, what's the top out at? Oh, $5,000 for the offence. <laughs> Joe Sy's like, five grand? Fuck, I reckon I've, I dropped that out of my wallet on the way here. <laughs> and finally, Portland got absolutely shit-pumped by the uh, by the Nugs, 140 to 108. Oh, this was a boil over. It was close early, and then I think the Nuggets ripped off like a 13-to-1 run at the end of the first, and they're up 13. And you're like, oh, well, this probably isn't going to go any good for Portland, and it did not. It really, like, the Nuggets just sort of, it was very much like putting your hand on, like, the smaller kid's, like, head, and they're, like, swinging under your arm kind of vibes. It's like, let me at him, let me at him. And it's like, no, you're not going to, you can't hit me. Because uh, as soon as they got up, they just never let up. And the Blazers, without CJ McCollum, without Dame Lillard, uh, without Norm Powell, like they just don't have the offensive firepower at all. Like uh, this was a laugher. 
the biggest problem, I think, for the Nuggets was that Will Barton went down really, really heavily. Looked like he'd hurt himself. We got a bit of Faku magic, the nutmeg. That was awesome. And, yeah, it was just a blowout, though. The Blazers, like, there was a moment when Joker was throwing balls out of bounds in, like, the third quarter, and you thought that they could have made a bit of a run. But, look, when you don't have, like, uh, Nasir Little going off or something, no Simons either. It's like you just had no fucking hope. So, Benny McLemore led them today for four threes of nine. He gets for 18 points, 17 and eight for Dennis Smith Jr. Love that. Nurk ends up with 10, eight and six against his old team, uh, but he was in a bit of foul trouble. 14 for Nasir Little, but it came on four or 12 shooting. Robert Covington, way to step up, Bob. 10 points on 10 shots. Nothing going. What did I say? Nothing going. It was just brutal. 15 turnovers, but they let the Nuggets shoot 62% from the floor. And 50% from three. 21 of 42 from downtown. Bones Highland got fired up. 17 points for him. 21 for Will the Thrill Barton. He was lighting up as well. He went 4 or 6 from downtown. Jeff Green was dunking everything inside. He had 19, 20 points, 8 rebounds and 7 assists with a couple of blocks and a couple of dunks for the Joker. Not known for his dunking is the Joker. You love that. Faku Kambalzo. 18 points, 12 assists, 4 steals. That was huge. But 21 of 42 from downtown. Bones Highland going 5 of 8 from downtown. Austin Rivers, 3 of 7. 3 of 6 for Faku. Monty Morris, 2 of 5. Will the Thrill, 4 of 6. That's how you win a game and kick the shit out of a hated rival. There you go. Portland, they dropped to 16 and 25. Blow it up! And Denver, 21 and 19. Let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night. That's not a night. That's a knife. Oh, that's a knife. Shy read at Gilgis Alexander, the way he sort of stepped up when the Thunder were like, oh, shit, we've been up all game. The Nets are coming at us pretty hard. It's a 10-point game. And he went, uh, you know what? Actually, fuck off. Bang. And the way he was scoring towards the back end of that third quarter and then they put it away in the fourth was impressive as hell. 33 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists for SGA. It didn't matter who the Nets put in front of him. He was just like dancing around like four dudes, going to the basket, doing whatever he wanted. And I think that's the most telling part, right? He goes 9 of 10 from the free throw line as well. He was shredding. You love to see it. So it's going to go to SGA as well as Giannis Antetokounmpo because Giannis was like, oh, is this game on TV? All right, cool. I'll go out and get a triple-double, kick the fuck out of the Warriors. Sound good? Oh, yeah, sounds good. 30 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists, his 28th career triple-double. He shot 11 of 17 and 8 of 12 from the free throw line. He had three blocks, and he did that in 30 minutes. That was how easily they kicked the shit out of the Warriors. That was all because Giannis, Midian, and Portis just went, nah, fuck him, and smashed him. So Giannis, that's a hell of a performance. 30, 12, and 11 in 30 minutes. Gee, I know that he was hunting the triple-double at the end, but come on. He deserved it. That was fucking awesome. Because this was 100%. That's not a knife fucking performance. Right? That's not a knife. Steph Curry, you reckon he's the MVP? Whips out his giant fucking dong, throws it on the table, goes, yeah, it's a knife. <laughs> I'm the MVP. Look at me. I'm the MVP now. Good job, Giannis. Spud of the night, though. Spud, 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 Spot of the night. Pat Bev, Malik Beasley, Naz Reed. I mentioned this earlier. Pat Bev goes one of nine. Malik Beasley, one of eight. And Naz Reed, one of eight. So that's why the Wolves lost. That's some pretty spud-worthy action. Three of 25 combined for their 10 points. 
two of 15 from three. Thanks for coming, Pat Bev, Malik Beasley, and Naz Reed. Malik Beasley, I mean, is there another player in the NBA who just either goes, I'm going to hit six threes, or I'm going to go one of eight? It's either it's like the Tim Hardaway Jr., Jordan Clarkson vibe, but much worse. <laughs> Holy shit. Ugh. I reckon he takes that many shots away from like the good players on the Wolves as well. They might be better just sitting in. I don't know. Anyway, uh, 10 points for those three. That's why the Wolves lost today. That and the fact that they don't really play very good defense. All mate, no mates, though. All mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? Rusty Westbrook, ice cold player of the game, according to the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, so this is one of my favorite things when you go to an NBA game. Up on the board, they never show like something that the opposition does that's really cool or anything. And you're like, ah, but I want to see a replay of that. I'm a basketball fan. Come on. The Kings, they don't give a fuck. They had their ice, the cause light ice cold player of the game, Russell Westbrook, who did go, what was it, 2 of 12, 2 of 14? Loved it. Rusty being thrown on the bus by, like, the opposition because the Kings got the win. They can do that. That's funny. Rusty came out afterwards and said, that's funny. I hope they played that the last 14 years too. Oh, because the Kings are losers and have been for the last 14 years, remember? Haven't been to the playoffs in 14 years. Yeah, tough one. So good job, Rusty. That's a nice little clap back. I kind of appreciate it, but he was definitely old mate, no mates, because everyone's clowning on him as well. The ice cold player of the game. You love to see it. Good job, Kings. But Rusty with a clap back. I kind of love it. Good job. Good job all around. (laughs) It's like the Devin Booker versus the fucking mascot all over again, isn't it? Oh, see, I'm funny. I'm going to make the new profile pic of the mascot being off from the corner. I'm very funny. Good one, Devin Booker. Uh, Pantsing of the night. Fatty, fat, 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 fatty, fatty, fat, fat. Fatty, fatty, fat, fat, trend in Watford. Uh, Fakukampatso with a through-the-legs nutmeg in transition, baby. Love that. Absolutely love to see that. Uh, Bones, though, missed the uh, three that would have been the icing on the cake, so you're really killing him there. And Jeff Green, El Jefe, just dunking on literally fucking everybody. Dunk the shit out of Nurk. Just every time they hand him the ball, it's like, oh, I'm better dunk this. And you're like, ah, oh, Jeff Green, he's 35 out there doing this. you love to see it. Uh, but that was some good pantsing. But, I mean, the Blazers just got pantsed in general by this game because uh, it was brutal, absolutely brutal. And so did the Warriors just as a whole. And the Wolves, I mean, that's a self-pantsing with the Beasley, Pat Bev, and Nazare combo, isn't it? Oh, God. Uh, finally, well, not finally, because it's still got dickhead of the week. Better than Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you're going to get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. You're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. I'll tell you what, uh, better than Lonzo Ball today. I'm going to give this to Gids. It was awesome. 19 points, scores 10 points in that last quarter, dropping in threes. But some of the passes he was making, you're just like, oh, my God, Giddy is shredding. This is awesome. So originally this was going to be SGA, but then he kept lighting it up, and it's like, fuck, that's a performance of the night. Uh, Whereas Giddy, perfectly complimentary uh, next to Dort, next to SGA, did his job, kicked some ass, took some names, ends up with a great stat line of 19-3-7, That's another equal career high of 19. It feels very similar to Joe Ingles, who could never get past like 27 points until he finally did. Uh, He hit it like six or seven times before he went past. So Giddy, I think he's up to three or four with a 19. So 
Let's get a 20-point game in there, kids. Come on, mate. But either way, that's a hell of a hell of a game in today. Better than Lonzo Ball. But finally, Dickhead of the Week. Dickhead of the Week. Oh, the cowards. The cowards. Such cowardice over there at the NBA. Because I just mentioned Russell Westbrook of the Los Angeles Lakers of Los Angeles, California, being uh, up on the big... Jumbotron is the cold as ice, ice cold player of the game. And uh, the NBA have decided to put a dampener on any fucking team having any sort of fun ever and said uh, that will not be allowed in the future. You fucking cowards, Adam Silver in the NBA. What are you doing? Let the teams have a bit of fun at each other's expense. Poke a little bit of fun. What do you think fans want to see? Do you think they want to see that? Of course they fucking do. You know what fans love? You know what fans fucking revel in? Rivalries. You know how you start a rivalry or re-up a rivalry? Like the Kings and the Lakers. That was one of the most glorious rivalries at the start of the thousands. You do this sort of shit. It's awesome. It's hilarious. Nobody gets hurt. Russell Westbrook objectively was the ice cold, coldest ice player of the game. And you're like, oh, nah, Sacramento, you can't do that. You can't make a bit of fun of the opposition. Fucking blow it out your ass, you idiots. That's why you're the dickheads of the week. And why, again, I need to be hired as the fucking vice president of common sense for the NBA. Six-figure sum, that's all I ask for. Otherwise, what are you fucking doing? Come on. Pull your heads out of your ass, NBA. Right, let's do some Yanars, though, right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Elliot. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. Let's do some Yanars. They're brought to you by the DailyLiquor.com from East Ninth Brewing. If you're in Melbourne, tell you what, it's hotter in hell in here. Woo! Sweating like a priest near a preschool. Uh, but the thing is, lockdown is over, but you still don't want to go out and get the Omicron. Don't get the Omicron Percy I8. Lure will come for you. Fuck that noise. Bring the bottle over to you with the DailyLiquor.com. Beers, wines, cocktails, everything you need right there. And they'll deliver it to you Rona-free. So this the Melbourne metro area. You get same-day delivery if you order before noon. So smash the dailyliquor.com right now. Bang in the code Strayer. Get a sixer. Get a bottle of wine. Get some cocktails. Party time. Obviously be over 18 and drink responsibly, but you get a free six-pack of the Dos Blocos XPA if you bang in that code Strayer. That's right, a free sixer on me. Go check it out right now. The dailyliquor.com. Bang in that code Strayer. Party time. Right, yeah, Nas, number one. Hang on. Did New York just win a trade? Yeah, nah. Fuck yes. I love this trade for the Knicks. I can't believe that so many people are like, oh, man, Kevin Reddish, Kevin Reddish, fucking whatever. Are you kidding? The Knicks turned a late-round pick and a young dude that, A, they didn't like and, B, wasn't even fucking playing into what I consider to be a wildly useful wing player and Solomon Hill as a fucking throw-in couple of dudes who, look, if you just want some bodies out there who will probably help improve your defense under Tibbs, boom. 
off you go. And the fact that they're going to give them way more offense than Kevin fucking Knox was giving them from the bench. I mean, of course, this is a massive win. But wait! You add to that the simple fact that you're getting the boys back together. The Duke boys, RJ and Cam. RJ Barrett gets his buddy Cam Reddish back. How good's this? Obviously setting the stage to go get Zion. And this is a fucking massive mega home run. Are you kidding? That's a great win for the Knicks. I love it for the Knicks. I hate it for the Hawks. Because of all the wing dudes I had to trade, he was probably the most expendable, but he was also probably the most, like, had the most Swiss Army knife upside, you know? Especially ahead of, like, DeAndre. Hannah, Gallo, Lou Will, etc. definitely. Uh, but even, like, more defensive upside than Bogdan and... As much of extra playmaking as Bogdan Bogdanovich gives you, it's like I kind of feel like Reddish was weirdly squeezed for no real reason because when he was on, he is awesome. So now I'm even more worried about the Hawks' D going forward. But I think the Knicks just fucking swindled the Hawks. To get Solomon Hill in there as well, the Knicks just get a couple of really handy bodies to throw in there, really solidify that wing rotation so they're not playing quite as small all the time. Because remember, this is a Knicks team that's like throwing in Derek Rose when he's, you know, actually back from his, uh, was it bang ankle? Uh, but you had a bunch of small guards. You got Kemba, IQ, and Derek Rose, and RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, the other Mitch Robinson, Nerlens Noel. It's a weirdly unbalanced, non wing heavy. Like Alec Burks is not very big either. They just needed some more of those, like, slightly rangier three and D dudes, and that's exactly what Cam Reddish does. Ostensibly, that's what Kevin Knox was meant to do, but uh, no. And so Solomon Hill, he can play behind Julius Randle and Obi Toppin, whatever, but just another handy vet you can throw out there. I fucking love it. I love it. The Knicks. I hate them, but I love this. That's great. That's a great move. And it's not just because I've got money on the Knicks and they're over win total for the season. Can Kevin Knox be anything in the NBA? Yeah, nah. I mean, he can be in the NBA, yes. And can he be anything? He can be a person in the NBA. He could probably be a very nice young gentleman. Uh, but more accurately, is he going to be anything good in the NBA? Approaching his uh, draft status as what, a number nine pick? Uh, yeah, nah. I mean, he's going to be just like a lot of other number nine picks. Noah Vonley, former Nick. Dennis Smith Jr., former Nick. Trey Burke, former Nick. That's right, all number nine picks. And the Knicks love a good number nine pick. But... I kind of feel like he's going to be exactly like those dudes, right? He'll float around, bounce around. As long as he lands in like a half-decent situation at one point, he might stick for a bit longer. But the book on Noxie is that, oh, he's still young, he's developing. He's fucking 22 now. I'm pretty sure like we should at least have a vague idea if you're any good at basketball by the time you've been in the fucking NBA both for three years. Like the ship might have, it's not exactly sailed, but it is fucking drawing anchor and looking at, like, navigation maps out of the harbour. Like, he's just got to carve out a role and try to get on, you know, both ends of the ball, a little bit better, lock in, focus. He's got all the physical gifts, but shit. I mean, it does very much feel like he's got to put it all together and before he becomes, like, a wing version of Noah Vonley, right? Like, he had all the physical gifts as well, but just could never seem to fucking do it. So it's a bit of a tough one. But Noxie, I've always got a bit of time for Kevin Knox. Because when he was drafted by the Knicks, it was like, yeah, he's a project. The thing is, three years later, he's still a fucking project. Like, that's a long time, you know? 
Tough. Next one, Dramacidal over there on Twitter. Going to finish up as our best NBA player ever, Josh Giddy. I reckon he'll smash it by the time he's done. Yeah, nah. This is a fucking belter of a question. Our best NBA player ever. Because the arguments out there, Patty, Bogut, Simo, plenty of good jingles. Uh... If Simmons was actually any fucking chance to grow a pair and play basketball again and stop being a fucking sookie la-la coward, I'd say that Simo, if he fucking pulled his head out of his ass and actually decided to shoot the fucking ball and not be a fucking coward about it, you'd lean him. But he hasn't gotten any better since his fucking rookie year. Josh Giddy has gotten better since last month. Like, get the fuck out of here. He's incredible. And... I mean, statistically, where Giddy could end up on the evidence of only half a fucking season, it does seem very much like he could be our best slash most productive NBA player, at least, right? Like, Patty, champion, still lighting it up now, age 34. He's crushing it. Jingle, same vibe. Big contributor to a uh, constant sort of really, really good NBA team. Simmons, he's got the numbers. Bogut was incredible. We all forget as much of an absolute fucking cock knocker as he is now. I mean, it was a fucking dead set menace for many, many years until uh, that mongrel Amari Stoudemire ruined his elbow. And he was still pretty good after that as well. But they've all had like their big runs of stats and winning titles and doing great shit. But Giddy going into the league at 18, being this good this early, barring injury, like if you see this kind of development just sort of continue a pace at like a normal level, based on what we've seen, I reckon the sky's the limit. And yeah, he might be. Who knows what happens with Dyson Daniels as well, BT dubs, but still, I <laughs> love that. Unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me, look at me, look at me. It seems like my opinion that Cam Reddish is actually good is unpopular. I mean, what the fuck is everybody's problem? It's like, oh, well, he's not been that good. It's like, yeah, he's been stuck in a weird fucky, like, rotation uh, sort of situation for the Hawks for ages. And when he gets a little bit of a chance, he sort of delivers and... He sort of gets dragged in and out and in and out and in and out. Like, this year, he's had, like, a couple of 30-point games. He's shooting okay. It's like, Jesus, just give the guy a chance. You know? He's also 22. The fact that he and Kevin Knox are, like, the same age is just fucking hilarious to me. So, I'm just saying, I think Cam Reddish is good. I think he's going to be great for the Knicks. So, celebrate that, Knicks fans. Hang that banner. <laughs> All right. Now, back take us for you. It's Friday at Outback, and you know what that means? Oh, yeah, ice-cold TGIF Foster's Oil Drum Cans. Four for one. That's right, because no prick back in Australia drinks this horse piss, so we're going to try to flog it off to all you dumbass yanks. There you go. It is Australian for beer, and definitely not just Australian for horse piss. And it goes great with a flame-grilled take. Only at Outback. And today's flame-grilled take is... Zion Williamson isn't even fucking hurt anymore. He's just sitting and he's being sat by the Pelicans because he's already demanded a trade to go hang out with his mates on the Knicks. Only at Outback. To be honest, there is... Like, the part of the reddish trade that might be my favourite is that the Knicks are just like, yeah, we'll just get his entire fucking old college team back together. He'll love that. (laughs) So, Zion, what we're going to do, we'll clear cap space for you in like a year. You... Just play on your qualifying offer and don't take your extension from uh, the Pelicans. 
And guess what? You'll come play in New York. We'll make up the money on the side. Massive deals left, right, and center. You'll be in New York. You'll make 40 times as much in endorsements than you were in New Orleans. So off we go. And he's like, does it come with like pots of gumbo? (laughs) How's the food? I can tell you, Zion, the food in New York is bloody good too. All right, uh, let's take a quick break. Be back with Australian Player Watch right after this one. This is Nick Kay, and you'll listen to NBA Australia. All right. Noble, what do Chris Paul, Scott Kelly, and Alexis Ohanian have in common? That is an NBA All-Star, a NASA commander, and a Reddit co-founder. Well, they've all got incredible experiences, and they're all noble, which is a rad new app with the world's top experts teaching you new skills in, like, bite-sized little audio courses. It's like a podcast. It's like Spotify for learning stuff. I love it. The Squid hates it. He's, like, just found the Bluey album. So he's like, Dad, if this isn't the Bluey album, then what are you doing? So whatever. Uh, the bloke from NASA talks to you about space. Oh, I'm like nuts deep in the new Expanse, the final Expanse novel. That's some good nerd shit. It's awesome. Uh, Chris Paul talks about the performance benefits of a plant-based lifestyle and Alexis Ohanian, the Reddit co-founder, teaches you how to launch a startup. So there's over 100 other experts waiting to teach you something new as well. So if you're keen on learning some new stuff, download Knowable, bang in the code Strayer, and uh, get 20% off. Boom, off you go. Get smarter today with Knowable. It's sick. I love them. Go check it out. It's radical. Uh, the Australian Player Watch, though, for today, we have no Paddy Thrills because he rested against OKC. Uh, he is pretty old, though, so you get that on the big jobs. And and then, of course, no Jingles, no Benny Simmons, no Aussie Matty T, no Josh Green, and no Rock'em, Sock'em, Bock'em, Jock'em, Landale. But we did get a big game from the Giddy Up, the Giddy Kid, the Mopped Up Mumba. He was massive. 19 points, 7 assists, 3 rebounds, 8 of 17 from the floor, 3 of 11. Oh, meh, 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 meh. Uh, from downtown, smashed it. And since he got the old Coco and came back from the protocols, uh, 17, 13, and 14, 14, 15, and 6, 10, 5, and 5, 11, 7, and 8, 18, 6, and 8, 17, 3, and 7. He's averaging 14.5 points a game, 8.2 rebounds, and 8 assists a game. That's uh, pretty, pretty bloody good. Love it. I mean, you can't argue with it, man. <laughs> it's just awesome. All right, let's do a uh, quick Luke Longley Memorial Bloke who just does their bloody job role player of the week award. And I want to give this one to a bit of a combo of uh, big white power forward dudes. <laughs> so, John Conker, you saw him today go absolutely ham. And, uh, oh, I mean, he's not a power forward. What is he? He's like 6'5, he's like a guard, really. But uh, he loved Jitty, and uh, he lit it up today. That was awesome. 15 points, 17 rebounds, 3 assists. He just did a little bit of everything. Uh, but was right there at the right time. And he's kind of been doing that all season. And he's like the sort of sneaky little handy dude off the bench that really helps the Grizzlies in some of these games. And then the other one is Moose Muscala, who went 4 of 4 from downtown today and caused all sorts of havoc while looking like a dude who'd be fanging around like the bush in like an ATV and like a floppy hat. Like, I love it. On you, Moose. He played 12 minutes. He had 14 points. All That's his job. Come in, launch threes, fuck off again. 14 points, 4 or 4 from 3, 5 or 6 from the floor. You'll love it. So Jitty and Moose, some good wins. And some Luke Longley Awards winners right there. Love it. Right, Patty Mills Game Day Ball Game Day Twitter check-in. 
This one's a Joe Ingalls check-in. It's also a Jock Landau check-in because Jock has got a puppy. It's pretty good. Get engaged, get a new puppy. On your Jock. Looking very cute. Looks like a uh, Golden Retriever or a Labrador. Can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but Jingle and Joe Ingalls, three coffee emojis. He does have three kids now, so uh, I like that his coffees are uh, getting upped and his coffee emojis are having to be bumped because, <laughs> I mean, that's what happens. More and more kids. On you, Jingles. Love to see it. Right, let's do some game previews. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's it all going? Oh, mate. I'd be a bit worried if I was a beer in about 25 minutes. <laughs> Take that much. Uh, the game previews and picks. Today we went four or five on the picks. I hope you were listening yesterday. The only one I missed out on was Portland. And uh, that one I would have changed having looked at uh, the fact that no one was coming back and there was no Simons as well, but missed it last uh, yesterday. So we're 352 of 612 on the season. So I'll tell you what, that's Pretty bloody good. Tomorrow, we've got Orlando playing Charlotte. And uh, I originally had Orlando in this one, but 10.5 is a bit. But I think Charlotte are the sort of team. Look, they've got a bit of, there's a bit of blood in the water for the Hornets now. And everyone's playing pretty well. Like Rose, Lamello, Gordy. They're all kind of a little bit on fire. Orlando do play teams a little bit tough, but I do think this is a game where Charlotte just put them away and fuck them up. So. Give me Charlotte minus 10.5. It's probably too too many points, but here we are. Living dangerously. Detroit, they host Toronto, but this is the Toronto. The team, the Dwayne Casey, the coach of the Detroit Pistons, used to coach. And uh, I'm going to take the Pistons because all they do against Dwayne Casey's former team is play them tough. So plus 7.5 for the Pistons, I'm taking that. Even though Toronto are way better, there's just something about Detroit. Phoenix, they're 5.5 point. Under, oh, no, favourites against Indy, of course. Uh, in Indy, and I'm taking Phoenix because they're a way better team than Indy. Even on the road, fuck it, five and a half. The Suns are good. Indy are not. Philadelphia, they host Boston. This is an absolute barn burner. Uh, we've got Average Al Horford, Time Lord, Boston going against Philly. I think Philly going a little bit of a swoon here. Maybe they just hold uh, and beat a little bit. Boston are three and a half point underdogs on the road. I'm going to take Boston. Uh... I just think Tatum, Brown, if they're clicking at the moment, watch out. Golden State on a back-to-back. They do. They go just up the down the road to Chicago after being in Milwaukee. Bit of a bus ride. Uh, Three-and-a-half-point favorites are the Bulls. I'm going to take that three-and-a-half from Chicago. They've got the horses to cover Steph. Clay, oh, Clay's probably sitting that one out on a back-to-back. So uh, I'll take Chicago minus three-and-a-half. Thanks, Alex. Atlanta, they go to Miami. Now, this is the classic case of a team that has just traded away one of their dudes that nuts down and get to win. So I'm taking Atlanta plus three and a half on the road in Miami. Miami still, look, dodging COVID and injury bugs left, right, and center. I think Atlanta just sort of focus in. Someone's been traded. I reckon it'll be, uh, yeah, Atlanta should take care of business here, especially with like, I don't know, John Collins, Trey, just a few too many weapons maybe in Atlanta to uh, for Miami to cover today. Tomorrow. Uh, Cleveland. Cleveland. Uh, they take on San Antonio in San Antonio. This is a rip-snorter of a game. San Antonio in the midst of a uh, pretty pretty hefty, like, mire where they just can't get going at all. They've lost four on the trot, have the Spurs. Cleveland, all they do is kick ass and take names. There's not a giant... I think the Spurs have actually lost eight of their last nine. So I think I might have to go with the Cavs, especially the size of the Cavs. Lowry, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen... 
versus essentially Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Landau and Teenage Mutant Yaka Pirtle. Yeah, I'm going to have to take the Cavs. Minus two and a half. Dallas, they go to Memphis. They're two and a half point underdogs. Uh, Memphis on a back-to-back. I think I'm going to take Dallas here. It does very much feel like Memphis on a back-to-back. If they win this, it's by one or two. And Dallas getting two and a half points, I'm taking it. Because this is going to be a big bounce-back game for Luka or else... uh, be a bit worried if you're a Dallas fan. Houston, five and a half point underdogs in Sacramento tomorrow as well. I'm going to take Sacramento here, minus five and a half. I mean, that was a good win they got against the Lakers. And Houston, look, as up and down as they are, I kind of think that ugh, they're just a rabble. So give me the Kings, the rabbliest of all rabbles. But I think they'll win this one pretty handily. Uh, Sunday, we've got 10 games. We've got Milwaukee hosting Toronto. I'm going to take the Bucks with the Raps on a back-to-back. That's at 10.30. All the games start from 10.30 uh, on Sunday. Washington hosting Portland. Uh, I'm going to take the Wizards because we just saw today the Blazers. Talk about Rebels. Blow it up. Give me the Wiz. The Knickerbockers take on the new... Oh, wow. They're going to Atlanta. That is hilarious. Just after the trade. I'm taking the Knicks. Uh, Their defense is just... I think it's number one so far this season. Uh, Sorry, this calendar year. There you go. Jan 1. I did mention they were top five since December 15. They're number one, I think, around number one since Jan 1. So give me the Knicks against Atlanta. Atlanta get their feel-good win in Miami, go back the next day on a back-to-back and lose to the Knicks at home. Because Atlanta just don't win at home, remember? They haven't won since November 22. New Orleans, they go to Brooklyn. I reckon all the Nets will be back here, so we'll see KD and Harden. I think they can take care of the Pelicans in Brooklyn. Uh, Even with their dour kind of shitty home record. I think Brooklyn should be right there. Philly, they go to Miami on a back-to-back having played against Boston the day before, but Miami having lost to Atlanta, according to me, the day before. I think Philly uh, might win that one. It's a bit of a weird one. Like Miami are the sneaky, awesome team in the East, but I reckon Philly might just uh, send them on a bit of a tailspin. Cleveland, they go to OKC after playing in San Antonio. I think Cleveland can win that one as well. Back-to-back road games. Can they win both? Oh, that's a bit tough, isn't it? Maybe they lose that San Antonio one then and beat OKC. Whatever. Uh, I'll pick Cleveland here as well. Maybe they go both for Chicago, then go to Boston. How good is this? You just got back-to-backs flying everywhere. Uh, I'm going to take the Bulls to lose. Let's Give me the Celtics at home against Chicago. Who knows what will happen there, but it'll be fun. San Antonio hosts the Clippers. I'm going to take the Spurs to finally break that losing streak against the Clips, who are just ugh, rough. The Lakers, they go to Denver. I'll take the Los Angeles Lakers of Los Angeles, California, thank you, against the uh, Denver Nuggets. I think there's just going to be a big statement game from LeBron and the other dudes to step up a little bit too. Dallas, they host Orlando. I expect the Mavs to win that one, even on a back-to-back. Having just played in Memphis, it's just up the road. And then Monday, a 5 a.m. start with Phoenix at Detroit. Uh, give me the Suns. Houston then go to Sacramento. I'll take the Kings again. That's a back-to-back. Home and home. But a home home for Sacramento, which is a bit weird. Golden State then go to Minnesota. I'll take the Warriors and Utah. Go to Denver. Denver on a back-to-back. I'll take the Yaz. Maybe they've got to go bear back by then. But there's only four games on Monday because of all the uh, NFL playoff games and everything. So either way, that'll be good early NBA Australia on uh, Monday. <laughs> Sweet. All right, and there you go. There's the uh, end of the week. Dunskies. Our first full week back so far this year, this calendar calendar year. Feeling good. As I mentioned yesterday, though, like just head on a swivel. Don't know what's going to happen with the cocoa. Don't know what's going to happen with the daycare. Uh, we'll try to keep it five days a week, but if uh, we have to miss a couple of days, we'll make it all up for you either way. Just uh, 
just so you know. Either way, it's been a fun week, hasn't it? Finished up with a big trade. Good shit. Anyway, uh, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facey IGs. Check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. Make sure you follow us on Facey as well. Uh, we're going to pop off a couple of uh, videos with uh, Gaz previewing the Eagles uh, and myself talking about the Pats. So that's going to be fun. But we chop it up every week about the NFL. Go check it out. Make sure you subscribe to NFL Australia. Same with World Wrestling Australia with Adam over on YouTube. Go check that out. Adam's always a great one. So check him a follow on FWCIE on Twitter as well. Uh, get around NBAstraya.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Chuck us a rating and review on your iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever podcast app you use. Rate and review us, would you? Come on. I don't ask for much. Manscaped.com. Use the code Straya. Get 20% off from free shipping. Look after your nuts the way they look after you. TheDailyLiquor.com. Use the code Straya. Get a free six-pack. Knowable. Download the Knowable app. Bang in the code Straya. Get 20% off there, too. Big thanks. Go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out their new band, House Hats and... Big thanks always go to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands, and so should you. And we're going to close out the week with a Cooking with Bainsy classic. Enjoy that one. And we'll catch you on Monday, you dickheads. All right. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? Have a good weekend. Let's go get on the beers and later, Hosanna! Cooking with Bainsey is filmed in front of a live, socially distanced audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainsey with your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> G'day. Uh, it's good to see the smattering of you here in this studio. This is amazing. It's nice to see you're all wearing your face mask and you're all socially distanced. Oh, that's beautiful, it is. But the best part is this is Cooking with Baines, and I'm your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. And look, in this here very special socially distanced episode, I'm going to get you to whip up an absolute treat. That's right. It's one of my all-time Aussie favourites. You can have it whenever. It's probably the best slab of meat you'll ever bloody eat. Because that's right. It's the secret bangers brisket Barbie Bonanza. Straight out of Texas. You little ripper. Texas, Australia, I'll tell you what. That's right. I love me a big old slab of brisket cooked up on the Barbie for about eight years. Oh, in this case, about eight hours. And it's oozy as, mate. You might think it's a bit complicated, but there's nothing less complicated than just cooking some meat. And if you really do it properly and get all your sides bang on, it'll help you keep up this physique. You know what I'm talking about. All right. So let's get stuck in. It is bloody simple, mate. All you got to do is go down to your butcher, ask him for his best bit of brisket. You might have to call ahead or even ask him. Just walk past a few days beforehand, whatever. It's bloody worth it. Get the best brisket you can. Then you duck over to the soupy, get your gear for your spice mix. Yeah. 
This is banger spice mix. Brown sugar, paprika, onion, garlic, salt, some mustard, some cumin, and a bit of black pepper. And you're laughing. Get some gear for your sauce. You need some vinegar, some ketchup, or as I call it, tomato sauce, Worcestershire sauce, garlic, and some of those spices. Just toss them in. Go fucking mad. Now, get some uh, sides. Load up with your sides at the soupy. Some green beans, some mac and cheese, a thing of coleslaw, plenty of potatoes to get more whip than my mate Simo when he was with that Kardashian. There you go. Now, fire up your barbie. Get her up to a nice even 120. Look, you can use charcoal. You can use gas. It doesn't bloody matter. If you're using charcoal, throw in some tasty, you know, wood chips in there for some smoky flavour if you want. I personally don't give a fuck, mate. You can just chuck it on the grill. Just gas. doesn't matter, mate. Just uh, now, mix your spices together. Mix them all up. There you go. Now rub them in all over your brisket. Now, some people like to cut the fat back. You can just leave it on. doesn't matter. Just rub it all in nice and even like you massage them. A big mate bogey's hammy. After a big game, oh, he gets you to do it, and it's fucking gross. Oh. I'll tell you what, but anyway, let us sit there for a bit if you want after you've rubbed that all in. Nice-looking, uh, tasty, big slab of meat. Leave it, you know, half an hour to an hour, whatever. She's right there. Bang her on. Just bang her on the barbie. Close the lid. Bit of foil underneath it, and away you go. Let that bastard cook for eight to ten hours. Simple. I mean, in the meantime, just keep an eye on the temperature. Crack a slab. Check the internal temperature of the meat every so often. Water around 75 degrees once she's cooked. Neck a bunch of tins. Watch some footy. Then with about an hour until she's good, get to work on your side. Whip your potatoes. Cook your greens. Your mac and cheese. Dump your coleslaw out. Put it all on some nice little plates. So it all looks nice and neat. It'll look special as. Rip the brisket out. Sit here for an hour. Bang. Bob's your bloody uncle. Look at this. Just Oh, I'm just slicing open. Look at that bloody brisket. That is bloody mouth-watering, that is. Mate, you can put it on sliders, or you can just eat it raw, dog. It doesn't matter. I'm going to slice this up, put it on a plate. Bob's your bloody Barbie-loving uncle. It is awesome. My friends, this is an absolute bloody ripper of a bangers brisket Barbie bonanza. It is delicious, and it'll dead set impress all your mates and all the Sheilas. Don't you worry about that. All right, so (laughs) I'm just getting stuck in. This is bloody delicious. Do it at home yourselves. You'll have heaps left over to take to work for lunch. Whatever, mate. You will love it. Just look how bloody... Look, I've cooked enough of all of you, so you're going to love it. There you go. All right, tune in next week to NBA Australia for a new recipe, and we will see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainsy. Bainsy.